Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. California teams, when I first got into the league, were, were always tough games. I mean, these guys, like you said, I mean, uh, gets off Perry playing against those two. Uh, Every night, going up against L.A., uh, San Jose, I mean, they're old, older, veteran, experienced, uh, bigger, harder teams to play. And, uh, and I think now that we, we have that experience, like you said, it's uh, uh, obviously uh, time was on and uh, things change quick in this league. So, I mean, we're a more veteran team, more experienced team. We've uh, um, had a lot of guys uh, get into the playoffs, had some... Uh, I mean, some heartbreaks in the playoffs, but you always learn and you, you gain experience from it. That is Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, talking earlier today in his media availability. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. It's one thirty-five at Edmonton. And uh, it is time now for the Oilers Now Headliner today, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We are pleased to welcome back to the show a man who... Uh, was the general manager at one point for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, an uh, interim head coach for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And uh, you might be seeing a little bit more of him coming up uh, over the next little while. We welcome back to the show, Craig McTavish. Hi, Craig. How are you doing? But sad state of affairs for your show that I'm the headliner today. <laughs> oh, Huber. Self-deprecate. I just got called a propaganda. Oilers now propagandist by Elliot Friedman. Uh, so I'm having a chuckle. I said, way to go, Elliot. All my haters will be jumping on that. And he goes, who's that, everyone? I'm like, yeah, you're close. So Yeah, he's the one guy in this business you can normally count on for support. He's even turned on you. There you go. That's all you need to know. No, that's a funny one today. Uh Craig, lots to get to. Look, Dallas Akins did, uh, was on the show in the first uh, hour. Uh, you know, it, he's in a, a, diff- a, a different yet similar situation, a bit of a younger team. Uh, that said, he's, he had a lot of these prospects come up with him. Uh, he's he's learned he's got some veteran assistants to help him out on the power play. Um, and all things take their course when it comes to coaching, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you just try and do the best you can with the situation that you're in, for sure. I think going into the season, I forecast, as many people did, that Dallas would be in tough uh, with with that team. But coming out of the gate in their first, what have they played, three games already, they're proving uh, to be a little further along, I think, than what uh, – I would have thought at this time watching him. I always like to keep an eye on Dallas because I have high regard for him. Yep. We went we went through uh, a lot here, and uh, his character. There's never one crack in his character, and that that's uh, rare that you go through things that difficult and uh, there, there's not a crack in the character. So I always have high regard for Dallas and am a fan of his, uh, his coaching. And, uh, but I was a bit worried about him going in this year with, uh, with the way their power play performed last year. Uh, I think he did a great thing uh, bringing in uh, Jeff Ward 
And uh, the other assistant, what's his name? Newell, uh, Newell Brown, who was Newell with... Brown, who I know fairly well, but my memory is uh, is not quite as sharp. I worked with him a little bit in in Vancouver when I was in the Vancouver organization, and I always admired the job that he did with the Vancouver Power Play with the Sedins. He was really a creative coach, and uh, you wonder, I mean. Any tactic would likely work with the Sedins, but he he really did things that were out of the box. Uh, that four corner breakout on the power play, so they're they're gonna they're gonna be very well coached on the power play. Whether they have the personnel that can execute the plays uh, re- remains to be seen. They're off to a decent start. Uh, Drysdale is going to help there. Uh, but uh, I, I like uh, I, I like what I've seen so far. Some of the young guys. The one guy I, I can count on tonight, not uh, forgetting his name, is Mason McTavish. Yeah, uh, he, he's looked uh, he, he's good. looked very good for an 18 year old. He got a bit banged up last night. Hopefully, we see him tonight. But uh, he's looked good. And Zegras is uh, he, he's a high level skill guy too. But as you know, it's hard to integrate the youth in quickly. And uh, we'll see if it's sustainable. We're joined by Craig McTavish. Craig, during the uh, 08, your last year uh, as a head coach of the Oilers, that was my first year of color. And after that year, me being on the plane, you'd had enough of coaching the Oilers. So <laughs> you charted a different path. Uh, you were just a small factor. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say just a small, fat guy. Yeah, <laughs> Anyhow, small factor. Uh, but uh, more so during your time as a general manager when um, we'd have conversations about Dave Tippett. I know he is a he is a coach that you had immense respect for. You really liked Tip uh, in terms of his approach. And, you know, he had some real successful years in Dallas and Anaheim. He's in year three at Edmonton. Um, I think the expectation level's been uh, risen a bit with this hockey club here. Just your thoughts first on on coaching against Dave Tippett and maybe what you think this team might be capable of doing here. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the coach. Uh, Having coached against him, I saw how prepared his teams were, how creative he was as as a coach when he had the horses. And uh, then he went to Phoenix. I thought he did well there, too. And then the talent level dipped. And I don't care who you are uh, behind that bench. If you don't have uh, the, the talent level, you're, you're, you're not going to have any success in today's NHL. Um, but but uh, Dave's got uh, great rapport. I talked to players that played for him, who played for me, that would speak glowingly uh, of Dave and, and uh, his his common sense, rational approach to the game. I mean, he's he can get hot under the collar too, as as you know. But he's it's it's all about having the right perspective. I think uh, at the critical points in your season that you can deliver the right message at the right time. He has the experience. He's got the presentation skills and he's got the presence, I think, to to get uh, the optimistic results anticipated out of this group. And I I think, I mean, I agree with you. I think this year uh, they're, they're much further ahead uh, than, than any year previously in the last lot of years. 
Well, and they just got, I mean, Hyman, Hyman, Fogel, uh, Derek Ryan is a depth centerman. Keith coming in with some experience. I, I, and I it's I was a little bit surprised at and, and on the blowback on the Duncan Keith trade. I'm not sure what Caleb Jones is. I'm pretty damn sure what Duncan Keith is. I'd just like to get your assessment on that. Well, it's, it's my assessment that I don't think at any point during the season will the Oilers regret those trades. And uh, I just, Duncan Keith, he's always been an elite thinker, like top 2% of the guys in terms of how he processes the ice, how he processes outnumbered situations, fake forces, moves the puck, fakes uh, deceptive puck mover. And you don't lose that. I mean, maybe he's 20% off of what he was in his prime or maybe 30, but he's still uh, a lot further ahead than, uh, you know, 60% of the defensemen at this level and maybe better. So I, I think, and, and the perspective and the the, the voice that he's going to lend to Connor and Leon, like it's a lot for Connor's got experience now, but it's a lot for him to have all the answers at this young stage of his career. He's getting to the point where he's got to provide the answers, but uh, he's going to, he's going to be really benefited by Duncan Keith's experience and his perspective on things that happen throughout the year. Everybody's going to go through ups and downs and you, you need people in your locker room to frame those things the right way. I know when we played, we had uh, great leadership from Kevin and Mark and Wayne, and they just they just knew what to say, and they knew, you know, when it was time to get off the throttle and on the throttle. And I think, uh, you know, Duncan Keith's going to be marvelous at uh, lending help to the leadership and the voice of the room. Uh, Hyman, I can't tell you how impressed I've been with him. Uh, just, you know, he, he kind of knew what it uh, we were getting as a player, but the person, the enthusiasm, the work ethic, the energy in his face as he approaches the game just is inspiring to, I'm sure, his teammates. So he's been fantastic too as well. Uh, so, and Derek Ryan, the guy that you, uh, you know, talked to me so often about when he was at the U of A, you were right. He's, uh, he's he, I, I really like his game. And I think the Oilers have uh, really lacked that position player. Somebody that since, I mean, Mark Letestu was pretty good at that position too, but he wasn't quite as dynamic, I think, as what uh, Derek Ryan's going to be. And face-offs, you know, protecting leads, all that stuff. So it leads me to be, you know, very optimistic. It's, 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 it's a tough job winning at this level, but I'm optimistic that these guys are going to do it. Uh, I've waited since 2000 to hear you say I was right on something. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, well, once every 20 years, it's kind of like the relationship yeah. I have with my wife. I think I've been right once in an argument in 20 years and decided. Yeah. decided well, that's to... not unusual. Yes, that's kind of how it works. Uh, how it works. Duncan Keith made a comment about the Oilers' power play, and it's interesting uh, because the teams that you had were really good five-on-five teams throughout the 2000s, but back certainly in the first half of the 2000s, you bought your power play. Play. Teams that had were playing with sixty and seventy-five million dollar uh, salary caps, like 
Detroit and Dallas, they had the best power plays. And you were playing with a 25 or $30 million cap and losing guys like Dougie Waite and Bill Guerin. It's a different time now for Edmonton. Every you know, There's a salary cap in the league. It is obscene what Edmonton has up front. Two of the three best power plays, Craig, in the last 30 years. Dreisaitl, you know, uh, there with Connor McDavid, but also Nugent Hopkins. Two options on the point with Barry and now Bouchard, even Darnell Nurse. We can hit on that in a second. Um, and now Hyman and Paul Yarvey net front. They are, they have, they've got a chance to have another spectacular year of man advantage, don't they? I think it's better than a chance. <laughs> I think you can go to the bank on that one. Those guys are just so dynamic and so good uh, every position. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better player at that position in the league of the five the Oilers have. So, I mean, I, I just love watching the, their power play and just how creative they are and how talented they are. It's, it's uh, you know, it's really, uh, really a treat to be able to watch that night in and night out. I know the fans appreciate that, but I uh, uh, watching that and how, how good they are, but... The five-on-five games going to come with some of the depth that they've added to. Former Oilers head coach, general manager, uh, vice president of hockey operations. Uh, we are joined right now by Craig McTavish. Craig, Dallas Akins, uh said we could have fast-tracked things when he was here before. He talked about a potential trade. We know it was with Vancouver. Uh, my belief has always been it was the number seven plus Marincin plus another pick. Uh, you can neither confirm, if you want to confirm or deny if I'm warm on that. But you didn't trade it because you believed in Darnell Nurse. And I think we're starting to see with Darnell Nurse just how far he can go as a player. Yeah, we we had an opportunity with Vancouver then. And generally over time, uh, patience bears itself out. Uh, and certainly Nurse has turned into just a wonderful player. I mean, he always had the competitive level. I love the competitiveness he had. He had great physical skill, great range, great passion, good leader. And like all defensemen that get to the NHL, you have to you have to learn uh, learn the game, how to play the game offensively and defensively against the best players in the world. And uh, they're there to exploit youth and inexperience. And uh, you know, you, you need uh, to grow and get experience. And I give. Uh, Jimmy Playfair, and uh, who who handles the defense, and of course Dave, a lot of credit in uh, how they've helped Darnell frame the game for him uh, in a way that makes him an elite defenseman. He's a nine million dollar defenseman now, so he, he's uh, he, a wonderful teammate. You win with guys like that, and uh, did I think he'd be at this level? Probably not, but. Uh, uh, I knew he was going to be an impact player. Well, let's take it one step further. The general manager, generally speaking, influences the first-round pick. You had two first-round picks in the two years that you were GM here, Darnell Nurse and Leon Dreisaitl. Did you think Dreisaitl would turn out to be this high-octane of an offensive superstar in the NHL, a Hart Trophy-winning player? I knew he had all the Stu McGregor, who was the head scout at the time, uh, was the draft in Philadelphia then? That was the fi- was. Uh, that, yeah New Jersey for Darnell, Philadelphia for uh, yeah uh, Leo. Philadelphia. We had uh, 
quite a few discussions, uh, and it wasn't a slam dunk at the time for for uh, Leon. I mean, we needed size for sure. That that impacted it. Uh, the the questions going in on uh, on Leon were, you know, he just he 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 looked frustrated at times as a player, uh, and it it impacted that frustration. Didn't really help his game as a junior. Uh, like he's got elite hockey sense, and everybody knew that. And when I say elite sense, there's very few guys that pick that third or fourth option that you don't see in the press box. You know, there's obviously Gretzky did, uh, Mark Savard, the, the little dynamic guy uh, he, he that I had in the Rangers. He he would find guys that you don't see on, right. uh, as a third and fourth option. And the, the way he passes the puck and processes the game, it, it's just, you know, I don't think that there's nobody in the league today that processes the game like he does. And uh, the passing and the execution is, is, is just brilliant. And, you know, he hoped he'd grow into this. But uh, the, the one playoff that he had when he was really good, I think, really accelerated all this. And he got a lot of confidence uh, there. But just, just a dynamic, elite, elite player and strong on the puck. And, but he had a bit of Luke Robitaille speed at the junior level. Yep. You know, there'd be, you know, three or four guys passing him going back into his own end, and then nobody could catch him going the other way. And, uh, you know, he, he, he he's going to turn into a guy that's really going to be counted on, I think, to be a great 200-foot player. Uh, he's, uh, I mean, look, he's been a league MVP. I don't know if you thought that was going to be the case in 2014. Final question, Craig. Yeah. We're not going to ask you what you're doing now because fans are going to see you tonight on NHL Hockey and Rogers. Um, yeah. So you're going to, you're, you're back. Uh, you did some analyst work a number of years ago with TSN after uh, stepping aside with the Oilers during the uh, spring of uh, 2009, um, and you're back right. at it. You looking forward to it? I am, yeah. You and I will be on the panel tonight, which will be interesting, at least to you and I. Hopefully the people will find it somewhat interesting. But, no, I think I said this, uh, uh, that I just I don't feel good doing doing nothing. I think I go crazy. So this is, uh, this is fantastic that I'm getting this opportunity with Sportsnet and look forward to working with you and Gene and, Struds and uh, Joaquin and all the other guys on the panel. All right. Of course. Yeah, we'll have a great time with it. Craig, thank you for your time, and uh, I hope you're cool if we call you again once in a while here on the show. No problem. Good to be on. Thank you. You bet. That, See you tonight. You bet. That is former Edmonton Oilers general manager and head coach Craig McTavish. He's our Oilers now headliner for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 14 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Star for recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. This day in Oilers history, we're going to have some news pending on some Oilers Now road trips coming up with New West Travel. Probably sometime in the next week or so. Uh... 
with Dennis and Jason Laliberti. We're going to go all the way back to 1979, and here's Brendan Escott. Yeah, when the Oilers win for the first time as an NHL club, beating Quebec 6-3 to at Northlands Coliseum, Blair McDonald leading the way with the franchise's first NHL hat trick. There you have it. All right, so tonight we have the face-off show from 5.30 until uh, 7 o'clock with... Uh, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Cam Moon, Jack Michaels, and myself. Uh, Cam and myself will have the call on the uh, radio side. Jack and Louie, uh, Gene, uh, Mac T uh, will be involved in the TV broadcast. I'll be joining them for the intermissions. I know there's a couple special guests they have coming up during the intermissions as well. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be traveling with the team uh, to Arizona, so Brendan Escott will be hosting the show. He'll have four guests on tomorrow's show, including NHL insider John Shannon, uh, Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, David Staples, political Affairs columnist and cult of hockey writer, the uh, Edmonton Journal, uh, as well as the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Brad Lauer. Their team's struggling to uh, score some, uh, uh, generate some offense right now. Up next, uh, they're still, don't worry, they were as of last week the number one ranked team in junior hockey. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, uh, Jalen Knight today from uh, 3 until 5.30, and then I'll be uh, joining Reed at 5.35 on the Faceoff Show. We'll talk to you then. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.